You are live with Get Connected. I'm Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We are Canada's number one tech radio show, broadcasting from our hometown of Vancouver, right across the country. We've got a great program today. Uh, we're going to be talking about some interesting topics. One of them is a, a new laptop, and we all use laptops. Uh, this one, you can actually swap the brain out. Lots of different parts, actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've seen these kind of upgradable systems before, but this one seems to have maybe done it the right way. Definitely. And that's the problem with technology, John, especially when it comes to computers. These things get outdated so quickly. So wouldn't it be nice if you could just swap out like the processor or the motherboard easily? A less expensive part instead yes. of having to replace the whole thing. Exactly. I mean, we've seen this kind of stuff uh, in the past. I don't know if you remember, I think Samsung tried to do it with their TVs. You could swap out the the board inside. I don't remember that. Wow. Yeah. Well, it was stupid because that board to replace costs <laughs> as much as a new TV. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll be chatting about that. Uh, and we're also going to be talking about China and uh, how they're coping with covid we're not coping <laughs> with it. Uh, you know, China, they are the, the, the manufacturing country of the world. Like 70 to 80% of everything made gets made there, especially when it comes to electronics. They're trying to keep that whole economy and system going. And uh, they are been advised by the government to go under like a closed loop system in some of the major cities like Shenzhen, which is just outside of Hong Kong. Basically, they have to sleep at work which sounds crazy right here in canada like sleep at work well Well, you make me do that sometimes (laughs) yes got a lot of work to do uh but in china a lot of these factory cities they have campuses uh and apartment buildings like right within the the factory grounds where the workers actually live it's kind of like a residence yeah and so you know from what i understand it's you know, subsidize. It's a good deal for them. They seem very happy about it. But uh, again, with all the COVID stuff happening now, um, they're being advised to kind of even tighten that up. So we'll be uh, exploring a bit of that. Uh, John, let's look at uh, some of the, the tech news. And this, this well, it wasn't a great thing, but uh, a chess robot uh, apparently broke a seven-year-old's finger at a tournament. Yeah, this is something like right out of the movies. I feel <laughs> like this this uh, this person that named Christopher, a boy named Christopher. He's one of the top thirty best chess players in the under nines division. He was playing against a robot, and I guess uh, either he changed his mind or did something very quickly. And the robot basically was already making its move, and the boy's finger got in the way and fractured his finger. Don't mess with the robots. No. But, I mean, this made international news. It did. It reminds me of, remember in Star Wars when Chewbacca is playing against C-3PO? Yes. That that game? Yeah, it was kind of like a hollow version. Yeah, you always let the Wookiee win. Yeah. (laughs) Because the Wookiee can rip your arm off. Apparently a robot chess player can as well. Well, yeah, so watch out. Uh, this is another story that we've been following, John, and you know we're seeing more of this type of technology. It's uh, it's called a neural leg sleeve and uses artificial in- intelligence to correct walking patterns. It's kind of like almost a bionic leg. Kind of, yeah. I mean, 
it's actually really interesting what they've done with this this neural sleeve. Essentially, it's it's like a neoprene wrap that's been loaded with sensors, and what looks to me like like a tens machine, like a whole bunch of tens sensors. So what it does is it actually can detect what muscles in your leg are working properly and what ones aren't. So anyone that has any kind of mobility issue or, or walking issue, and there's a, a number of different, uh, you know, issues people could have like scoliosis, a stroke or cerebral palsy that could limit their mobility. And what this thing does is it actually figures out in real time on the device what muscles need to be fired. And so it actually stimulates those muscles and essentially corrects your walking. I, it just, I love this type of technology. I mean, we're not 100% there yet, but this is definitely another kind of step, so to speak, in the right direction. Yeah, and before we get all the emails about this technology, it's not a product yet. You can't buy it, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a company called Psionic, uh, spelled C-I-O-N-I-C. They've got a website, so if you want some more info about that, you can uh, check them out. Um, we both have EVs, John. Yeah, and apparently we talk about them too much. We're going to talk about it a little bit more. Um, one of the things you have to do with an electric vehicle is charge it. Yes. And so, you know, we're always hunting for charging spaces when we're out and about. Well, there's a, a new robot in town. What's this thing called? Ziggy? <laughs> yeah. This is kind of a, 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 a prototype uh, EV charging platform that basically brings the charger to your car in a parkade. Which is great because it, you know, this this could have so many different applications. A lot of people have condos or some other, you know, maybe a mall. They just don't have the infrastructure to have chargers or not enough chargers for people. And this robot will come to you, charge your car, and then go off and charge somebody else's car. Yeah, it looks like, honestly, like a giant fridge on wheels. <laughs> it does. Yeah, so uh, you can actually have this thing summoned through the app. You can even use it to reserve a parking spot. Uh, apparently. I, I don't know if this will take off or not, John. It looks uber expensive. Yeah, but maybe not as expensive as upgrading the infrastructure of that parkade. Yeah. We've installed uh, EV chargers in our office building here at work. But they're not turned on yet. I, I don't know how to do it yet. <laughs> I, I don't know who did them. I, no, I know we paid for it. I just don't. Yeah, we have to figure that out. Yeah. But, you know, the robots, you know, we're seeing restaurants that have robot servers now. Yeah. How do you feel about that? You're in a restaurant. Well, and instead of the waiter bringing you food, the robot does. Well, I think the whole point is that the robot is basically just a, a stack of trays. Yes. So it's not like it's really replacing anybody. Somebody still has to load the robot. Somebody still has to take it off the robot. Yeah. So I guess it's doing a bit of the heavy lifting. You see these, um, uh, you know, here in outside of Vancouver in Richmond, a lot of the uh, the Chinese restaurants. A lot uh, of them. Yeah, surprisingly so. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting. I, I think it's cool. Uh, talking a lot uh, tech news uh, here on Get Connected. What about a smart scarf, John? Manchester City, they've got a smart scarf that wraps data collecting sensors around fans' necks. This is the soccer club, not Manchester City. No. The city. But yeah. soccer fans or, or football fans would know what yes. we're talking about. Yes. And so a lot of folks across the pond, they, they wear these scarves. Now you can get a smart one. So it, so what, what is it collecting? It's tracking things like your heart rate, body temperature, and emotional arousal, giving them concrete Sorry. information about... Uh, say that again? Emotional arousal. Okay. 
so they can basically get a better sense of how the fans feel during a heated soccer match. I don't know if I need a scarf to figure <laughs> that out. Well, yeah, but, you know, I could see that helping them maybe tailor what happens. You know, the, the big problem with some of these sporting events is when the sport's not happening on the field, they have to some kind of distraction for the fans that are sitting in the stands. So this would give them the ability to, um, to, to capture those moments to figure out what works and what doesn't. It's not for all the fans. They're only they're trying trialing this with a handful of fans at this point. Uh, going over to rockets now. That's another type of technology. Uh, China has another rocket booster falling back to Earth, and a lot of people a little anxious about that. Yeah, because we don't know where it's going to land. So, I mean, this is a common occurrence with rockets. Uh, I know a lot of the newer ones like SpaceX and uh, I think Blue Origin, uh, they try to have their boosters land again. Yes. Which is great, right? Saves them a truckload of money. Uh, but looks like the Chinese are going to drop one of these boosters <laughs> somewhere on Earth. Yeah, and they've done a, a number of sort of, st- I've seen a bunch of studies that has been done to f- try to figure out relatively where it's going to fall based on the orbiting patterns of this particular rocket and uh, booster engine. And it sounds like if you're in sort of the lower half of the U.S., you, there's a chance. Well, okay, so this, this booster rocket um, is 22 tons in weight, and it's possible that up to nine tons worth of, materi- of the material could survive the fall. Uh, but apparently we shouldn't worry if we're humans. Um, in fact, for any one person on Earth, there are six chances in 10 trillion that part of this rocket will hit you. That's not the lottery I want to win. No. But, I mean, six in a trillion? Well, you never know. You never know. Okay. We have a lot more to talk about here today on uh, Get Connected. Uh, of course, later on, we'll be chatting about China's closed-loop strategy to keep workers working longer and staying at work, living at work, sleeping at work. And uh, we'll be talking about a new laptop that uh, lets you easily swap the parts out uh, when uh, they become outdated or obsolete. But coming up next, we're going to do an AR, augmented reality, virtual reality uh, update. There's a lot of things happening with uh, Google and Facebook with uh, some of their projects uh, that you need to hear about. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. We will be back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Still lots to talk about. Uh, Later on, we'll be chatting about China's closed-loop strategy, having their workers in factories sleep at work to keep things rolling during uh, the whole COVID pandemic that uh, continues to trouble that country. We'll also be talking about a new laptop that will allow you to easily upgrade or replace important components inside it when they become obsolete or outdated. Let's talk about uh, augmented reality and virtual reality. Uh, One of the big players, uh, I guess, out there, John, would be Facebook. They've renamed themselves to Meta. Yes, for the Metaverse. For the Metaverse. Which they're hoping to build and attract people to come to. And own essentially. Uh, they bought a company back uh, a few years ago called Oculus Rift. Uh, they made a virtual reality headset and probably one of the best ones out there as far as 
portability and price, I would, I would say. Uh, they've renamed it to the MetaQuest headset. Uh, that thing's going up in price. 100 bucks US. Yeah, the Quest 2 headset is going up 100 bucks US, and you're not getting anything really extra. They're just raising the price because it's harder for them to make these things. Yeah. Uh, with the chip shortage and all that good stuff. So if you're interested in getting a VR headset, and I will put my hand up in this space, I, I resisted getting this particular one. I bought one the other day when I heard about the news of the price going up. Because as of Monday, October for, or August 1st, it's going up $100 US. So how much is it going to be in Canada now? I, I don't know. I haven't seen any price changes yet. But, okay. but it's, it's $399 Canadian for the 128 gigabyte model, which is what I purchased. So that gets you the headset and the little hand controllers. That's right. Yeah. Have you tried it yet? Yes, I have. Uh, so I have one. Yes, I know. I got it at Costco, I think, down in the US, actually. And I got to say, I'm pretty impressed with it. Well, I've used their previous headsets before, and I was actually kind of hoping for more progress as far as things. Things are better with the Quest 2 as far as... Um, uh, it doesn't get as hot to wear, which is always a problem when you have to wear these things on your head. Um, and, ha- has and you have glasses too, and it still fits quite well. Yeah. Like I have, I have, you have to put this like spacer in them so that there's actually enough room inside uh, where your eyes go to see the screens. And I did that. And I, the frames I have right now, the ones I'm wearing right now, were a little uncomfortable to wear in there because they're kind of like pressed against your face so i switched to a, a smaller f- pair of frames that i have that that worked fine but it's just um y- if you're going to be using this for any extended period of time you want to be comfortable so what was your favorite thing to do with it um well I'm, I'm i'm still just sort of exploring the differences i was kind of sad to see that some of my favorite games or apps haven't been migrated to the new platform okay um there was a great slot machine uh game that i really liked it was just really well done it was beautiful very immersive and colorful and fun to play uh, i tried the poker stars vr have you played that no i'm surprised you haven't it's like a virtual casino but okay. there's actual other people in the casino okay and so i did that and <laughs> i went to the slot machines and you go in there and you you know other people are in there random people and i was still learning the controls and i guess i teleported in to the main lobby there right on top of somebody else and he's like hey get off of me and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't see him either yeah because he was underneath me basically okay and what happens in casinos all the time well yeah yeah so then i actually go into the actual slot room there's different rooms you can go to depending on you know what you're interested in and um i swear someone was in there and she was playing a slot machine and i don't know if her who she was talking to was was also in there or if she was just using the VR headset while she was talking to her girlfriend on the phone. Yeah. And she's like spilling the tea about her boyfriend and all this stuff. And I'm like, I can hear all this because you have, it's an open, you can mute everything if you wanted yeah. to, but it's just because like, there's a microphone right in the headset. Yeah. yeah. And you can hear it because, because it's like stereo speakers that you can hear. So it is just like going to the casino because you never know who you're going to run into at the casino. Yeah. But I haven't really, I, I just literally just got it yesterday. So uh, I haven't spent that much time with it yet, but. I, you know, I, I'm playing some of the games and played the Walking Dead game. Amazing. Yeah. Angry Birds, love it in there. Beat Saber. Yeah. Beat Saber. Beat Saber. Yeah. It's like you're playing with lightsabers and you're slicing 
boxes that are coming in. I just love it. Well, I, I get a workout with that. I've been looking at some of the other things and some of the other compelling reasons to get one of these headsets. There's a really interesting one called Virtuo, and it's basically will teach you how to play a piano in a really interesting way. With the Quest headset, you can actually plug in a MIDI keyboard into your computer using a companion app that you can get for free. And then you can actually use, there's like a mixed reality mode on the Quest that actually shows you your real world environment. And then there's the VR environment laid over top of that. Yeah. So it actually will teach you how to play your own keyboard, which is really cool. And you actually hear your music through the system because it's all MIDI connected and everything like that. So who would want to do that in the real world? Well, it saves you having to have a, a teacher there. I guess so. We're going to have to take a break here. You are tuned in to get connected. When we come back, would you want to sleep at work? Well, that's what uh, some workers in China are uh, doing, and we'll tell you all about it. You're listening to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. The pandemic has changed the world, I think, in many ways forever. <laughs> Uh, we're still obviously going through it in many countries uh, here. In China, it's still a big issue. They have a, a zero tolerance policy there. They will lock down an entire city if uh, they have any type of outbreak. And now uh, it looks like the government over there is recommending some of the uh, factory towns uh, in that country, and specifically in Shenzhen, which you and both, both you and I have visited before. It's kind of like the manufacturing tech hub of the world. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Huawei's there, Foxconn, you know, who makes all the iPhones. Um, you name it, they Mo- make... Mo- most Android phones, your laptop was probably made there, or Taiwan, one of those two places. So what's interesting is that in a lot of these places, they have campuses. So they've got the factory there where they're manufacturing all, all these goods. Uh, and in, in many cases, they'll actually have apartment buildings there as well for the workers to live in. Yes. Uh, I, I visited MSI uh Back a few years ago, they make uh, a lot of great gaming laptops and, and computers uh, over on mainland China. And yeah, right on campus there, they had apartment buildings. And I thought, well, who wants to live at work? But these folks were super happy. Like they they had some great accommodations. Uh, I think, uh, you know, in some ways it was subsidized as well. And there was like some real community happening there. It's a different way. Well, yeah. I mean... I have friends that, that work in Silicon Valley and, and companies like Apple and Google, they all have, let's just say, incentives for you to stay at work. Yes. You don't sleep at work, but you do pretty much everything. You bring your laundry to work. Yeah. They'll bring laundry in and, and take care of your stuff yeah. while you're at work. And you get meals. Meals, Free for meals. sure. Yeah. They had like little portable trucks of uh, barbers giving you haircuts. Yeah. Anything to keep you on campus closer to the office is what they were trying to do the whole time. So this makes sense. And it's just interesting, though, because with this closed loop operation mode, they're basically controlling entry in and out of these facilities. They're doing daily uh, COVID testing. And uh, it's the only way that they can sort of prevent these outbreaks from happening and taking out half their factory workforce. Yeah, so... They're not allowed to leave the campus at all. I mean, they wouldn't need to, I guess. No, but what happens if you have family back back in town that you need to take care of or deal with or something like that? I, I imagine the majority of these employees are probably younger and maybe uh, single. 
I, I don't I don't know if they have like you know communal residences or married couples are doing the same jobs at these companies. Well, you remember uh, we went to the Huawei campus uh, over there, which was like was like a Disneyland, like with ten was, it, ten different european cities they've modeled themselves after it was was crazy and in the distance were like giant towers where everyone lived yeah but you know anyone we talked to and we could talk to anyone on the campus they seemed happy yeah you know it was a good life well they they took an electric train to the office yeah from the campus and if you didn't live on campus uh you know the company had its own bus system in town yeah like you would ride their bus yeah to work probably for free for free yeah yeah so uh, yeah, I mean, how do you, how does the West compete against that, John? I don't know. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? Like it's very difficult. Just yeah. the, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I couldn't do it. No, I couldn't. But um, that's that's what we're competing against yeah. essentially. Like obviously cheaper labor, and they are just like kind of integrated into a work life with the company itself. Yeah. Well. I mean, I guess that's one of the benefits of their communist rule there, too. That's a benefit? Well, in the sense that everything is taken care of. Yeah. Well, to see how sustainable that is. I don't know in the long run, right? Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too. Like, these lockdowns are are sort of happening again. But for everything we've been seeing, a lot of the chip shortage is starting to ease up, possibly because of these closed-loop situations. Yeah things are starting to get more and more available again. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and some of the pricing has come down. Not on everything. Not on everything, for no. sure. But you can get your hands on some of the, the hard-to-get uh, products. I, I see some of the video game consoles starting to see a little more inventory with that, like with the Sony Playstations and Xboxes. I mean, they're still hard, but... Yeah, but you actually see the occasional unit on the shelf Yeah, at the, at, in stores, which for months, if not years, that wasn't the case. Okay, we're going to take another break. Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, a laptop from Framework that lets you upgrade the different components, even the brain, for, you know, inexpensively and uh, relatively easy when it gets outdated. So obviously better for the environment because you're not just like getting rid of your laptop when it's end of life. You can actually breathe new life into it. You listen to Get Connected here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected, Canada's number one tech radio program. Mike and John here. Uh, We're going to talk about upgrading your laptop now. There uh, is a company called Framework. They launched last year with a laptop that you could upgrade yourself with a little more than a screwdriver and a little bit of patience. Now, uh, one year after making its debut, the company is now shipping out its first... uh, Upgrade kits. Yeah, I think this is really cool. I mean, one of the things I used to love to do uh, is build my own PCs. But then I got into laptops, and there's not a lot of opportunities to build your own. You can sure customize what you get. And especially nowadays, a lot of laptop manufacturers, once you pick your your stuff, it's that's it. It's going to be soldered on. If you're lucky, you can upgrade the RAM, and maybe replace the hard drive. But in the old days, the old days, they were a little more upgradable. I remember you could, you know, flip them over 
obviously they were thicker, right? Yeah, they were like an inch thick. Yeah, and you could actually go in and, and you know, some of them had easily replaceable batteries. I know I could go in and replace, you know, the RAM, even the hard drive. Well, and you had the option on, in a lot of these different PCs or laptops. Did you need a CD or DVD drive? No, well, you can put another battery in or another hard drive or something like you. It was a little bit more modular and we've really gotten away from that. Yeah. So this company framework, uh, they came out with their laptop and uh, like you said off the top, they're finally releasing uh, their upgrade options. And so one of the big problems with a laptop is if it's anywhere reasonably small, everything is going to be so tightly integrated. You can't even get in there to change anything. Yeah. And they've actually made a fairly modular system for the main board with the uh, CPU and the GPU and all that stuff all integrated. The processors. Yeah. Yeah. All the processors are there. And so now you have a choice of upgrade options and it, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not inexpensive. No, it is a little pricey, but it's cheaper than replacing a laptop. You know, an average, let's say mid to high end laptop is going to be at least $1,500. Yeah. Right. We're not talking about the $300 Walmart specials. No. And so these upgrade paths, uh, you can get a 12th generation I5 uh, main board as an upgrade. Like, and this is a swappable thing. Uh, and you swap the whole main board. Uh, it's a, it's 500 bucks US. It's not bad. So maybe, I, I, I forget what the, the list price of the framework was when it first came out, but I guess it would depend on what configuration you got. But they, they have you know, i7 processors and, and uh, some pretty, pretty good options as far as upgradability if you found that uh, it wasn't working for you after, after a year. So, but I, I got to ask, John, like how big of an audience or base would be for this type of laptop? Like normal people aren't going to do this. No. Do you think? I, I don't. No. Well, yeah. I mean, normal people wouldn't pay that much money for that type of laptop though either. No. They're buying like f- 500 or, or less. For a Windows laptop, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and if you're spending that much on a laptop that's got, you know, the latest processor and stuff, is that the laptop you're going to buy? Or are you going to get something like a an MSI laptop or... Yeah. Maybe even a MacBook. Yeah. Yeah. It just depends. The thing I like about this though is choice and they put a lot of thought into how this works and they've basically made it very simple for you with like a screwdriver and, uh, and a little bit of time, uh, to, to take out the old one and put the new one in. What's also interesting too, is that there's been a a little bit of a community that sort of popped up about using these older, you know, recycled, processor main boards yep. that come out into other things like what well you can you can take that and you can add a couple of, of uh, more common components to it and turn it into like a little media pc okay yeah so you're not you're, you're getting a new processor main board for your for your laptop but then the old one is still useful for something yeah which i th- i think is cool because you know no one wants to take that out and just recycle it because it's so proprietary but the community has sort of figured out how to reuse these things, which I think is awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like I've, we've seen this type of stuff before, you know, I mentioned Samsung doing that with their TVs. You could upgrade the smart part of it. Uh, but like how long, how long do you keep a laptop for now? Well, uh, I still, I still use it on a regular basis. I have a 2016 MacBook, 
So think how old that is, John. Yeah. That's so like six years old. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for certain things, it runs great. I've purposely left it to be an, a couple versions older of the Mac operating system so that some of my very specific and proprietary apps still function, no problem. Yeah, and I, I so I've got a couple laptops. Like I, I just kind of keep one at work and I keep one at home. Yes. Um, and so I, at work here, I use this HP Spectre laptop. And it's, and it's funny uh, that we're talking about this because I just got a pop-up today saying that uh, next month... Uh, some of the parts for this laptop will not be available anymore. It's kind of, it's end of life. Right. And so, hey, here's some great new options <laughs> for a new HP laptop. But you've been using this though for like three or four years, haven't you? Uh, yeah. Like but, you were using this when I joined. Yeah, but I love it. Mostly because it's white and gold. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm very vain. Um, but you know what? For what I'm doing, John, yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm doing some stuff. I'm doing like audio editing and, you know, I play occasional yeah. game on here. Yeah. Um, it's It works just fine. Yeah. Well, it would be different if you were editing video. Yeah. Editing audio is pretty easy. But again, that's, you know, f- for most normal people, I would say laptops will last you five, six years, I would say. Yeah. D- depending what kind. Like if, you, if you're buying a $400 laptop, maybe not. Well, th- there's always a sliding scale right like either someone's gonna mess with your your plan yeah <laughs> like microsoft will come out with a, a software update that breaks everything yes or you're gonna find that your computer is just too slow to do some of the tasks that you're doing yeah or you have too many tabs open so you have to re- either reduce your tabs find a way to upgrade the laptop um i don't know i think i think this is a really interesting case that seem everything I've read online, the, the user experiences that people have had with this framework laptop has been very positive. And it'd be interesting to see if some of the big guys like MSI and Dell and maybe even Apple adopt that strategy. Not a chance. Not a, well, look at, look, look at Apple, right? Like to get those laptops so thin, do you know what I mean? Like they're cramming every millimeter full of battery or whatever they can in there. True. I don't think they want humans getting in there <laughs> mucking that up no but they could make some of the components more modular yeah and, and they, that's true they had no problem getting thick again with the macbook pros the m ones you know what'd be great if they could figure out the memory like the ram if there was just an easy pop in pop out way to to upgrade ram but there's not yeah it's always some kind of weird angled connector okay we're gonna have to take a break uh when we come back john and we're both doing this we haven't done it yet we're building, we're building some laptops for under $200. We have a laptop kit coming. Oh, this is news to me. Yes. You're listening to Get Connected. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Uh, as I alluded to before the break, John, you and I are going to build a laptop. You confuse me with this, so. I know. Because I, I told you about this. Thing. I know. So uh, this week here, we're sitting working and you just like got so excited. Uh, it's to do with Raspberry Pi. And we've talked about these uh, little mini computers before. They're essentially essentially like little hobby computer boards, about yeah. the size of like uh, almost a little bit bigger than a credit card. And you can put them in little tiny cases. You can hook them up to monitors and TVs. Uh, you can run like uh, a version of Linux on there, kind of like a Windows type operating system full desktop computer yeah. web browsing email everything emulate almost any 
arcade, arcade or video game ever. So you came across something called the Pi Top 3, and they were blowing these things out. Yeah. So how much do they regularly go for? I, well, I've wanted one for a number of years. These have been out for probably three or four years, and it is essentially it's a 14-inch laptop with a keyboard and a trackpad and a battery, and everything about it is awesome, especially because it's it comes in green. It only comes in green. So, but it's just the it's it's like a shell. It's got the screen. It's got the keyboard. All the little ports. Yeah, and it's got a modular rail just above the keyboard before the screen where you actually plug in your Raspberry Pi. And then it has some, you have the ability to do some tinkering and, and makery type things with it. There's plug-in speakers, there's plug-in like LEDs and sensors you can do with it. And I've wanted one for a number of years, like I mentioned, and they were always like, I think $400 Canadian. So $400 Canadian for this laptop shell. Yes. And then you had to have a Raspberry Pi 3 as well. On top of that. Yeah, yeah, which aren't cheap right now. No. I mean, they were like before the chip shortage, you could probably get one for 40 to 50 bucks. Yeah. Canadian. Uh, anyways, Pi Top is having this blowout sale because this is a discontinued product. They're 45 US with free shipping in Canada. Something wrong with it. There's got to be, John. <laughs> It's going to turn our fingers green or something. Well, that's not a bad so. Idea. So all we have to do is plug in our little Raspberry Pi three board. Yeah, and obviously load up some software on it, and I can be web browsing, you can do printing, anything. playing games. And you have eight hours of battery life. Yeah, that, I mean that's one of the reviews on this thing. It says the battery is fantastic. Is it a MacBook? No. No. Is it a high end Dell business machine? No. Is it a gaming laptop? No, not really. Well. For retro gaming. Retro gaming, for Retro sure. gaming. Yeah. But if if they're still available, you've got to check out their website, PyTop3, for 45 bucks. It's pi-top.com, and look for the, the PyTop3 summer sale. Simply amazing. They, they do sell them with uh, Raspberry Pis as well for 115 US. Altogether? Altogether. 115 US, yeah. and you got everything. Yeah. So you do have to put this together. I mean, you have to put the board in. It's... Trivial. Yeah. But what a great little thing to do with the family or just have a little hobby computer. Yeah. I want to thank everyone that helps put the show together. John, as always, uh, my co-host and producer, Robin, uh, back at the studio. And don't forget to listen to the app show coming up uh, Sunday or Saturday night if you're uh, in Toronto. Got a great program happening there. Uh, we will be chatting uh, about the Rogers update, uh, anti-spy spying app called Spybuster, and so much more. See you again next time.